You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Into every generation, a slayer is born. And today on the show, we discuss Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. I'm Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and you are? It's nice to meet you both. I'm nice to meet. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Charlie. The power is yours! Get down, honey, get down! And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. My name is Grace Jones. But I ain't one to gossip, so if anyone asks you, you ain't heard it from me. No, you have. No more room in hell. The dead will walk here. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined with everyone's favorite brother and mine, David, for our next episode. Welcome, David. Welcome to the third week of October. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Glad to be here again. Well, how about this, David? We're deep into October. Have the kids thought of any costumes yet for Halloween? Are you going to do Halloween? Are you going to do what you did last year with you have your little Halloween set? up outside for the neighborhood i have my halloween decorations up already and i have my my famous halloween tree that i do every year yes we talked about that last year that's right i still don't know what the kids want to be and to be perfectly honest with you it's like every year my daughter mariana wants to be a unicorn a mermaid or a princess last year we just worked out that my three little ones were the perfect number of children we were pj masks and i was romeo and my my husband was a Ninjalino. So if anybody that knows PJ Ninjalino? Mask, Is that a yeah. character in the show? Is that PJ yeah. Mask too? Yeah, he's one of the villains and he has these little ninja 
minions and they're ninjalinos. He's Night Ninja, and then there's the ninjalinos. So uh, they were PJ Masks. I was Romeo, the the crazy scientist. So yeah, so is he like the creator, like the Powerpuff Girls? The professor made the Powerpuff Girls. No, no, he's a villain. He the, he's just one of the villains. There's there's a few of them. Well, you so. made him look very friendly in your costume. I remember that from last year. Well, we're not gonna be I'm not blood and gore with uh my little ones. I'll save that until they're they're five years old before I send them to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So last week, Rob and I talked about the Buffy movie, David, and I mentioned I figured out that I was eight years old when that came out. I mentioned that I remembered you, me, and Mom, and I said, I don't know how the hell Mom even got there because she's not a horror fan, going to see that at United Artists. But I was eight, so I don't know what the hell... It was a different time, though. It was a different time. Well, did uh, was she thrilled with the Pee Wee Herman? Ooh, ah, mm. <laughs> Ah, but this the masturbation simulation with the stake in him. I remember you saying that that really was a callback, right, to his. It was playing in the movie theater. He was found in an adult theater masturbating, and so the ooh ah uh," was like a play on it because that was probably his only role right after first role, and probably I don't an only role after the incident that happened, and they canceled Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse is very adult like, so yeah, and we all know about Christy Swanson being (laughs) yes, I alluded to that a bia a bia as I say, I can say that because she was. I mean, we've mentioned this a few times. David at one point was located working in the Beverly Center, right? In Beverly Hills. And you ran into quite a sort of folks. Oh, yeah. I have. As we go into different movies, we'll probably touch upon the different people that I've met. As the wheel turn. As the wheels turn. As the stomach turns. But yeah, she wasn't the nicest person in the world. And, you know, everyone has a bad day. But she just gave off one of those airs of, like, she's better than everybody else. Like, And I've seen my share of. It's always, like, the B celebrities that think they're the most amazing people to see celebrities that have done one movie and maybe one other part i've noticed that the don't very... you dare forget mannequin too david she had two roles <laughs> god yeah okay there were four dreams there were four dreams <laughs> We're your dream girls. Listen, I usually never promote hate, but when someone is being cruel and mean and nasty to a group of people, especially someone who is a celebrity, first of all, if I was a celebrity and I had a lot of money to throw around, I would never, knowing that I have fans, I would never go go out of my way to kind of stay out of the spotlight if I was in a bad mood. David, you have fans. There are radical fans. They're 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 sharpening their weapons right now as we speak. <laughs> when you meet me on the up. street, don't pull out a weapon. I might think you're trying to actually kill me. <laughs> Can you imagine? I want to get to the point that people start handing you various weapons to sign. <laughs> In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slayer. What brings us here today, David, is 25 years of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, debuting on March 10th of 1997, and then ending on May 20th of 2003, many years on the WB11, and then of course famously switched to the UPN. When Buffy died, so did the show on the WB, and she was resurrected on the UPN the following season. We're gonna go into a general conversation about this series. There will be spoilers. 
Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, no Will Robinson. You are now entering the spoiler zone. Danger. So this is a spoiler-filled conversation. I mean, we're probably going to touch on deaths and various things. So if you do not want to hear what happens in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I suggest shutting the episode off and then coming back if you want to watch the series and come back in and uh, listen to this episode. No, I suggest you put it on mute so we get plays (laughs) and you give us a thumbs up, (laughs) even if you don't listen to it. Thank you, Radical One. (laughs) must be fate because right before recording this i found my buffy the vampire slayer official fan club membership card it's dated 2000 ad did that give you any perks were you able to get five cents off at dunkin donuts on a coffee or- <laughs> the only perks you got was you got the buffy the vampire slayer magazine for a few months but you know what hell i was i was able to say that i was this card carrying member of the buffy fan club i i gotta say i think really my teenage years were obsessed with sailor moon buffy the vampire slayer and of course charmed dark shadows dark shadows but Buffy was that show. I mean, it was everything from books, magazines, video games, toys, the the lollipops that David used to send me. They used to have lollipops with stickers. I don't want any trouble. I just want to be alone and quiet in a room with a chair and a fireplace and a tea cozy. I don't even know what a tea cozy is, but I want one. This series and the characters, I mean, I lived in basically until that series ended. I hate to say it, but I feel like the series to me is not an easy rewatch in the sense of it's a heavy show for as funny as it is. And there's still like hysterical moments throughout the series. I noticed myself going more towards Charmed because I feel like Charmed is an easier rewatch. And and it's sad because I haven't watched the complete series in many years years i do want to watch it but i noticed charmed i'm able to get through easier what do you think that is david i mean they're two different shows but they are like the parallel of each other well you know what they say 90 percent of the vampire slaying game is is waiting you couldn't have told me that 90 percent ago I understand what you're saying, because first of all, it's it's a very dark show in many ways. It's kind of funny how the parallel between the monsters and real-life monsters, like, their, their real-life monsters are real, but also the real-life monsters in our lives, including, you know, being a teenager, not fitting in, being made fun of, being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So there's a parallel in the show. First of all, it was a very low-budget show, probably for a very long time, and actually probably even until the very end. Yeah. They may have had a higher budget at some point, but even the way it was I think filmed, UPN actually gave them a higher budget for yeah. a little while. The way but... it was filmed was very dark quality. If you go back now, I think you're going to find that it's even hard to watch just cinematically. The Especially the first couple of seasons seem to be very low budget. You know, like, you know how you like that there's something funny about or you liked about Dark Shadows, seeing like yeah. Cameraman in the background yeah. and different things. It doesn't apply to Buffy because it's so much newer. So it doesn't it, it doesn't read very well. So that's one thing. The parallels again between the actual physical monsters like ve- demons and vampires and 
the monster of Cordelia picking on Willow or Buffy or whatever, even though, you know, I'm not, and I like Cordelia, so it's not even like a, a diss on her or anything like that. The fact of going through like even episodes later where Buffy is taken advantage of sexually Ooh, by yes. a guy in college. And there's always, there's a lot of, there's some heaviness involved. And then they have Angel who went on to a spinoff. Angel was so tortured and tortured and tortured. And I was like, oh, Angel's the most tortured person in the world. Like he is the prototype for, for, Edward? for yeah, for Twilight? Twilight torture glitter vampire. You know, all he needed to do was glisten and then he would have been a total like, woe is me. And I get it. I get it. I get it. But, you know, you putting that together where she's so young and fresh and hopeful and buffy. And then you have Angel who's dark. It's been around for so long. And actually what I would say a good clinically depressed vampire. You raise a great point even about age. So let's just get into that really quickly. A lot of people have issues with, and I guess I see it now as an adult. It's like the tuxedo mask and Sailor Moon thing. Buffy is a teenager and Angel is, you know, 200 something years old. So a, a lot of people in viewing of have an issue with that. But this is a tale as old as time. I mean, how many times have we had this older man? I mean, not that it makes it right, but an older character with this younger. You mean like Anna Nicole? and her husband Celine Dion and her husband every gold digger and their husband oh my god male and female I'll put it there so you know the story when I met my husband we were talking because I was saying we're gonna do this 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 and this and he's like are you a gold digger and I told him honey you ain't got enough money maybe if I was a bronze digger I would go for you <laughs> The bronze, the club at Buffy, speak of the number. So what do the people have a problem with? They have a problem with like being like a pedophile sort of situation or just because of the maturity yeah. of, well, 200 years old is a lot of experience. <laughs> Although some of the girls I went to school with could have probably beat. They got that experience in a few months. Could have beat Angel in his body count. I'll just say that. Well, let's face it. Angel wasn't also having sex for 200 years, too. That's also part of his curse with having a soul. Do you think that anything. was the reason why he was upset? Mm, maybe. Although, although it looks like the video that we saw with little Boreanis that he still didn't on my problem. phone. Still, still on my phone. So good we named it. Stanley, you're missing my point. We named it. He didn't have a problem with that. No, oh, wait, he I'm did breaking, not have. A I'm breaking character. It, I'm not. I'm talking about Angel, not the actual actor. Anyway, that is one issue that people have. But also, like David said, people have an issue with getting into it because of the first season. But everyone, please remember, this was a mid-season replacement on the WB, which. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore, but it's the equivalent of the CW now. It's not an ABC, an NBC, a CBS. It already has a lower budget. And for being a mid-season replacement, you're basically, when you do a mid-season replacement, it's almost like it's probably going to get canceled too because it's replacing something. But Buffy was able to go on another seven years. So yes, the graphics are dated, especially in the first season. But honestly, I think once you get to season two, everything was elevated. The storyline, it really found its footing. So if you get through season one and a matter of fact there's people who actually just put a list of episodes you need to see out of the 13 to me there's things in every episode that add to the plot just watch the first season i think yeah, 13 episodes I think, I think you can't you can't judge it from a modern view however i will say the acting the storyline the progression of characters from the beginning to end these characters have grown they've changed some have become more enlightened some have become more jaded and cold so it's actually a true story to 
to life. Like it's, you know, you watch some yeah. shows and like you're suspended in time in certain shows. Like you'll, if you watch a show for 10 years and like the character never grows up, never changes. It's always like the same one note. So, and that's going to be successful too, to some degree. But I think a lot of shows struggle with character development and that's to their detriment. You see a full turnaround of, and, and multiple times of different characters, how they've grown, how Cordelia changed even when, when she went, for example, like even jump to Angel, how she changed oh, yes, a, definitely. a vapid, rude, kind of self-centered to someone who still has some of those traits, but has grown and has seen things. Excuse me, I have to call everyone I have ever met right now. You know, how Buffy went from, they tried to make Buffy very much like the kind of dingbat bubblegum yeah you know yep. like blah blah you know in the very beginning of the episodes is someone to a mature woman who's taking care of her own sister because of various reasons you working know, and, and working working and trying to balance her life and and everything else and mature situations and willow and like the whole like you see a progression of characters and that's to me is a true testament to a show is that those characters can grow and you can grow with them so remember we kind of grew with them too yes it was over a Seven yeah, seven span. seasons. But how many years? Well, seven years, technically, right? A season per yeah. year? Think about a young Through person college. watching that show and going that way. You kind of grew up with them a little bit. Yes, I was a little behind because of the years. But yeah, Buffy basically went through high school, then to college. And then, David's right, you followed this character taking care of her sister that eventually comes, risking her life every day to save the world. And no one knows it. And she's working down at the Double Meat Palace. So there's really something about this character characters is saving the world and then yet working at a fast food restaurant and being treated like crap and no one you know knows but she's such a decent person that you know she knows her responsibilities and just goes along with it well if i survive parent teacher night tomorrow i'll see what i can do about saturday joss whedon says that the original story was conceived as Rhonda, the immortal waitress it was the idea of some woman who seems to be completely insignificant who turns out to be extraordinary and then it was this idea of a little blonde girl who goes into a dark alley and gets killed in every horror movie. Whedon wants to subvert the idea and create someone who was a hero. The first mission statement of the show was the joy of female power, having it, using it, and sharing it. Now, maybe Whedon doesn't do this in his real life, but you're seeing, like he's saying, you're seeing this blonde girl who's walking down an alley. You think she's going to get killed, but meanwhile, she turns around and handles herself. Of course, the movie we talked about last week, and then the TV series was actually a sequel to the original script of the movie. That's why they keep mentioning in the first season that Buffy burnt down the gym at her previous high school. But that didn't happen in the movie. It was cut out. So David and I, off camera, actually, before we get into more things, we took a little test. One of these, which Buffy character are you? So I think it was, what was like 10, 11 questions, David. We both got two different characters. So David, who did did you get as your character? <laughs> I'm taking this with a grain of salt because the the, the questions were I don't know they they didn't really <laughs> yeah I know you gave me a low budget no, test <laughs> test so I got my character I'm Anya fine. You know what? I hope you die. Which is, a, I mean, a, is a fantastic character. But do, you do, you to, see do, do you want me to read this? Okay. It takes you a while to warm up to new people, but once you do, you're a friend for life. You believe honesty is always the best policy, which might lead others to perceive you as tactless. 
But that doesn't mean you're uncaring. In fact, you're very caring. You just happen to know clear communication is vital to any relationship. This is spot on except for one thing. So I am very direct. Right. I, I am extremely caring. I, I to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I am a caring person. I care about what happens yes. to people, even people I don't know. And I definitely believe in not lying. And I definitely, because that's the biggest thing I tell my children. Honestly, I'm like, what What do I tell you that was like one of the worst things you can do? And they're like lying because I hate being lied to. I hate lying. You rather hear the truth to. up first. Yeah. I'd rather say, you know, whatever. You know, you broke it. Just don't lie about it. Just say you did it and we'll move on. It's just an object. I don't care. You know what I mean? So, and I definitely believe communication is vital to any relationship. Since very humorous. Make fun of the ex-demon. <laughs> I can just hear you in private. I dislike that Anya. She's newly human and strangely literal. Most people don't think I'm tactless though because I'm also very, I'll tell you, how do I put this? I'll definitely tell you straight out, but at the same time, I'm never doing it in a tone or a way to hurt your feelings or to put you down or whatever condescending I tone I, I definitely blurt out some things that are to the point at times but i don't think <laughs> that it makes are you scared happen. of bunnies oh, yes no i love bunnies and i can definitely relate so I, I actually am okay with this would you say it takes you a while to warm up to new people because that depends either too you're very good i know people, i'm very so. i can i can i'm kind of a chameleon i've always been able to just walk into a room and just talk to people and not have a problem with that and people will like you know even we went to a function with my husband's job business and and basically they're like your husband came in and just like started talking to everybody like we acted like we, we like felt like we knew him for years you're like you let said, him work here now i'm just <laughs> probably <laughs> Probably. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, your husband doesn't work here? Oh. So what are you? I'm Anya, ex-vengeance demon. I saw it when I was a vengeance demon. Some guy dumps a girl. She calls me. I exact vengeance, blah, blah, blah. The next year, same girl, different guy. Who, by the way, is a freaking fantastic character. Anyway, I got Cordelia. Hi, I'm Cordelia. Which I really... You got circus puppeteer. No. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why. So it says your personality can be summed up in three words. Honest, confident, and compassionate. I have a dream. It's me on the cheerleading squad, adored by every varsity male as far as the eye can see. Which to me, I don't know if Cordelia is at this moment, but you're not afraid to deliver hard truths when you need to, but you only ever do it to avoid someone else's pain in the long run. Is that Cordelia, you think? On the show? Until she switches? I mean, in season two, she does join the Scooby gang. And I do love Cordelia. I'm not like saying anything against her. But... I Listen, I, I don't know. No, I think that... I don't think you're a person who likes confrontation. I'm not. No, no, I don't like confrontation. So I don't know what the hell I, I answered. I do always quote her quote from the first season of Willow. It's so nice you saw the softer side of Sears. Willow, nice dress. Good to know you've seen the softer side of Sears. My God, she was such a viper. But I love her quotes. And well, I can't remember the episode when they they were like bounty hunters or something, or like a, it was like a cowboy wearing uh, yes, George, yes, uh, <laughs> vampire. And Cordelia goes something to the effect of like, "You think that she was tough? I'm the main bitch here." <laughs> and then she like because she faked out the vampire and he got scared because she was confident. I'm gonna kill both you slayers for this. You hear me? I hear you, you redneck moron. You got a dress that goes with that hat? <laughs> Rip out my innards, play with my eyeballs, boil my brain and eat it for brunch? Listen up, needle brain. Buffy and I have taken out four of your cronies, not to mention your girlfriend. Wife! 
whatever. The point is, I haven't even broken a sweat. See, in the end, Buffy's just the runner-up. I'm the queen. You get me mad? What do you think I'm going to do to you? And they were both kidnapped in season oh, yes, three. Oh, yeah, they were both trying they... to be prom queen or whatever. And then she goes, you think she's like, she's the runner-up. I'm the main <laughs> bitch here or whatever she was like and then the vampire got scared that's the thing cordelia could project that kind of thing i could never do that <laughs> but god bless cordelia for that how about this we go season one the majority of this was introducing this the characters buffy dies at the end of this and of course we get the master and david i know loves the ending of this season too when buffy finally meets the master face to face and she knows that she's prophesized to die but at the same time she like <laughs> stares at him david and she, <laughs> she which i love because the master kind of has red around his mouth i don't know it's, it's part of his problem. she told me he has kool-aid face <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, she said. did you really think you could desk me here when you couldn't below you have fruit punch mouth what which <laughs> is freaking great so doesn't angel try to revive her but he has no breath because he's a yes and xander has to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation so the two of them had to work together at that point because you know xander was always after buffy he didn't like angel so season two is when the show really starts to form its storyline angel loses his soul we get spike and drusilla and david the character of jenny calendar is killed off and then by the end of this season buffy has to kill angel and after his soul comes back to him so this was i thought a fantastic season and at the end when she leaves her mother finds out that she's the slayer they play that sarah mclaughlin music she leaves town lilith fair babe lilith <laughs> fair. i was there baby season three is very dark i think Honestly, I think I like season two and four really the best. But season three, we get Faith. Buffy died. Kendra, the vampire slayer, was called in season two. Unfortunately, also killed off. Great character. We get Mr. Pointy. That's my favorite shirt. That's (laughs) me only shirt or whatever she says. Yeah, Kendra was fantastic, really. And I do love- Kendra, the vampire slayer. Who am I? You attack me. Who the hell are you? I'm Kendra, the vampire slayer. This character, this girl shows up, and I really loved her character. And it was so sad that she came and died in the same season. But then we get Faith, who's called the mayor. Buffy is graduating high uh, high school in this season. You were dead, Buffy. I was only gone for a minute. Candy, it doesn't matter how long you were gone. You were physically dead. That's causing the activation of the, the next slayer. She died? Just a little. So, So basically, for those who don't know, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this... As soon as one Slayer dies, another is not reborn because they're like kind Chosen? of like sleep sleeper cells. Yeah. So whatever, it kind of like could have the potential to be a Slayer. And if the other Slayer never dies, you never go to that full potential. It's a definitely a, what do you call it? It's a it's definitely. It's a great safety, right? Like a safety method? It's a method. great safety. Yeah. Because you could literally, let's just say, you could have like, 10 Slayers in one year, let's just say. Because if one dies, one well, dies. Well, you wouldn't want them to die. But then the same thing is those Slayers also have to be trained trained 
Yes. And they have yes. to take responsibility, understand that they're a slayer, and not that the, this these crazy watchers, as they call them, approach them perverts, approach them. It's always these older men, although we do see a female watcher who's called for Faith, and she turned out to be evil. The watcher and Faith. It's usually your older men that appear to these young girls and say, come to me to the graveyard. You know, just normal. You know. You've been picked it's up regular, like that once or twice. a regular Friday night. Angel leaves at the end of this. Buffy graduates. He goes off to his spinoff. Cordelia also leaves. Then we get season four, David. This is Buffy's college moment. This is the beginning of her new boyfriend, Riley Finn. This is the initiative and the return of Spike. And Spike really becoming this anti-hero. And then we get the big bad of Adam, who was a robot put together from the initiative. Okay, besides the Adam as a villain of the season, I really love season four. College Buffy. So the premise of this season was the fact that the government knows that demons exist, vampires exist, and they have a military group, Yep, which also has very nefarious ideas because they also use they capture demons and creatures and try to use their dna and different things to make new monsters to fight the bad monsters you know right it's like a manipulation so it's again it's corruption but i like the fact that the u.s government knows that there is a thing called the slayer a a girl who has the power to that fights off these things maggie walsh zombies and stuff (laughs) and that they also have military in place it's like it's kind of neat in that way i think for if i was buffy the character i would feel like i'm not alone even though their methodology wasn't always the best it was very cruel and crude Although, although, it, but it really was college. They had Maggie Walsh, the professor, recruited college boys in a dorm to be like her soldiers. So, I mean, I don't know if well, that's no, the best. Well, no, maybe those soldiers were just put in place to oh. go to the college. I don't think she recruited random. She didn't go up to people. I thought like, she was teaching those, those students and Riley was just like, oh, you look good. <laughs> they were placed in Sunnydale because that was the home of the Slayer. And oh, the Hellmouth, the, the, yeah. The, the most, yeah, the Hellmouth and the most mythical crazy stuff goes on there. That's why they were there. They were placed by the government. At least that's what I remember being. That's what I think Long story short, you get a new love interest. Buffy has... People hate Riley, unfortunately, but... She has somebody that knows and understands what she's going through, that she doesn't have to hide from. Her mom is aware that she's a slayer now, this finally, the last season. So she's not dogging her about stuff. She's realizing that her daughter is saving the world. Although there is that gay episode where she's like, have you tried not being a slayer? (laughs) Which, when she finds out, which... I think every gay boy was like, wow, this is so amazing because this is really just what we go through, you know? Um, yes. So, but at least Joyce accepted her, and you know, after, but I think she had to go through it where she was almost, wasn't she almost killed by Spike? Yes. Yes. Spike in the season two finale was like threatening to kill her and things like that. I'm going to tell you right now. Ain't nobody listening to this podcast know anything more about Buffy in the last 30 minutes than they did before. Choice, uh, a spike. <laughs> you hear these names? So, so you have what's the next episode? So, we go to season five. This is where things actually turn a little. Oh, we should have mentioned that actually Willow does come out of the closet in season four. She meets Tara. Then, season five, we get Glory, which is a demigod who is in the body of Ben, a human, and they kind of have split personalities because she comes out when. She hulk he hulks out into glory basically, and then we get introduced to Buffy's sister Dawn, who 
who was magically put into her life. And it actually starts with her having this sister and the audience is just like, huh, what happened? But it turns out these monks put a spell so everyone remembered Dawn being involved with Buffy since the beginning, always in her life. But she was made of Buffy's blood. Summer's blood. (laughs) Just like mine. (laughs) Blood. It's Summer's blood. It's just like mine. Doesn't matter where you came from or, or how you got here. You are my sister. So that is season five. And I got to say, that is an epic season. There was, of course, that alien episode number with Joyce. Joyce, their mother, is battling like a brain cancer in this season. But there's an alien that crashes down, like snake alien thing crawling around. What else we get that? Oh, and Buffy's mother dies in this season. The body, that famous episode. That was probably, that, that, that episode just was horrible. I mean, and like horrible in a sense, I felt so bad. Like, you know, Joyce, I really felt that one, believe it or not, being a character. I just really felt the fact that even like all the other characters' parents never knew that they were involved in the Scooby gang or anything. Joyce was kind of like their, all of their mothers in the sense of, although you didn't really see all necessarily see all that on ca- on camera. They did put like that, that in that the was, flashbacks, right? That was a safe place yeah. for them to go. And Joyce knew about everything and it was... It was just sad, and it was the, the really as many times as Buffy had died before and had all these issues and stuff. That was when completely her innocence and life uh, as a child was completely gone. One of my favorite fight scenes. So Glory is a demigod who goes around, and in order for her to survive and kind of maintain her, I get it. Kind of makes it almost like mental, her mental stability her mental and her yeah. power. She has to take some essence from people and she does like by putting her fingers literally into people's heads and taking something out and they're they're left in either like a catatonic or crazed state they don't know who they are where they are you have willow who is has a relationship with tara a fellow witch a fellow witch but at the time tara notices that willow is dabbling too much in the magic and she's using it for common things instead of opening a doorknob with her hand she's using magic like she, and, and, and tara realizes that it's becoming like an addiction for her and they kind of have a an argument or a disagreement which gives glory the opportunity to come in and hurt tara she breaks her hand and then she steals her whatever with her essence or part of her leaving her and that mental child state. it was like a childlike state for tara actually I remember that she was kind of yeah. just like disturbed and childlike so then this is one of my favorite episodes yeah then david you, then you see this. you see everybody at the hospital with tara and buffy trying to say she's so sorry she wasn't there and then you see willow who then has an upgrade we have willow who basically she's gonna try to go for for glory and buffy's like you can't she's a god yes you can't she wouldn't last a moment buffy's like i can't even take her on but maybe i can that's what willow says so she she's like give it a try and then she goes to the magic shop and she opens up like the blackest magic darkest arts and she basically absorbs all these spells and becomes she carries her doctor bag there 
uber witch <laughs> and you see her getting potions and stuff but like she's in a rage and that which also kind of ties into like when we talk about charmed for example how yes. their powers are yes. linked to their emotions like when one of my favorite episodes with with holly marie there when she's when she saves that child because her yes tyler the fire starter yep when she blows through that magically gate that the power of three couldn't even break through anyway i'm going off on and they say that yeah she's basically lifting her car off a child because of her she was pushed to her brink and she used her powers you know like the strongest but willow shows up to glory and i love the scene when she's like that everything's shaking the everything's turning black and she's like did someone order an apocalypse glory (laughs) And then I mean, all of her little minions so. run away. The door flies open, and Willow's Willow's doing the craft thing where she's floating off. Yes, she is the, off the floor. Glory is like, oh, the lover. Like she thinks it's funny. Like, what are you going to do to me? But Willow actually t- takes her on. She like holds her like in some sort of like a like she can't move, and she's shooting her with like lightning, and it's pretty pretty intense. Ali era Cronus tonic. Air like nectar, thick as onyx. Kiss sail by your second star. Oh, it's the lover. That's so cute. Hold mine victim, as in tar. I owe you pain. What's this? Bag of tricks? Bag of knives. <laughs> I have to say with season five, they, they at one point they thought this was going to be the end because, of course, it did end after this year and jumped to UPN. But I think if it had ended this year, David, Glory would have been a great equal to Buffy. It was that a smart aleck, strong female against a strong female who also had a wit. So that really was a great counterpart to Buffy I think that season you know it was a well, female I villain was, I loved it I loved the whole I loved the whole season I, but you're right and it was like a tit for tat so Willow again I'll, I'm gonna talk about this one of my favorite episodes they're they're fighting and Willow starts to get weaker because she's tiring first yes. of all she's not used to this type of power and secondly she's taking on a god so to speak it were a god really a god that's what they refer to her as and she grabs what is that a bag of tricks and she goes no it's a bag of knives <laughs> And the knives fly at Glory. And she finally gets Willow against the wall and she's going to stab her. And she says, you know what they used to do to witches, lover? And then Buffy comes in. Has to save her, yep. Because Spike and Dawn tell her, what What would you have done if he hurt, if she hurt someone that you really loved? So she realizes that Willow was not going to just go home and take a nap and think about it. She was going to take her on regardless of what Buffy said. So Honestly, epic season, David. Even to that point when they're on the run in that Winnebago and they're being chased by horseback by those people that want to kill Dawn. Okay, so this is the funny part about this whole, this whole thing. There are moments... You know, like when, again, I hate to throw it back to Parallel Charmed, but we were also watching these things together. Yes, they were, they were Parallel, honestly. Charmed, yes, it's all about mythical in the sense of, like, magic is real and this and that. But Buffy always stayed with that kind of more uniform sort of thing. Like, it's mostly mainly vampires. There are other things right, out there. Right, but, right, But, you know, where Charmed jumped, they were mermaids, they were this, they were that. There was fairies and all these different things. Well, Charm definitely became more of a, a feel-good 
kind of like yeah. escapism. So, but show. you see, like where all of a sudden, like Renaissance, the Renaissance festival people are coming after. <laughs> they're from these from another dimension where they're like, I'm. They're not Renaissance people, but you know what I'm trying to say. That's where yeah, it they became, were horseback like, knights, horseback riding thing. knights and stuff. Where you don't usually Buffy that kind of broke away from the formula and did it a little more like funny or kitschy or I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that. Buffy dies in place of her sister. And this was, I mean, another, I remember crying, my God, my balls off. Season six, very dark. We open up with, which I think is a great opener, David. I think it was two hours, I want to say. The gang tried to bring Buffy back, but they're basically evil learns that the Slayer is dead. Death is stupid. You plummet off a tower and that's it. It's shocking and I don't like it. We live on a hell mouth. And we're down one Slayer. If my calculations are correct, we're in big-ass trouble. My sister died saving the world. Saving me. Who's gonna save us now? It hurts when I think about it. Because soon I'm not gonna be the only one. Because without her, all hell is gonna break loose. Buffy the robot, we forgot to even mention. There is a Buffy bot that they incorporate to try to fool people to believe that Buffy is alive in the beginning of season six, which I think is fantastic. And you see that the Scooby gang, her friends are picking up the slack, but this gang of motorcycles, speaking of random motorcycle things, demons, demons are running through Sunnydale and you know, you're, you're seeing like Xander on your bike. All these characters are trying to fight it off. And then I actually say seeing Buffy resurrected and having coming back from the dead, I seeing her skeleton still scars me for life. I don't know why seeing that character rotting in the ground. Relatively fast though. My, wasn't that like a few months? My God, her corpse really rot. Well, what do you want him to do? I didn't think, I mean, I swear I thought it was just a summer break. Maybe it was actually a few months. I forgot how many months passed, but Buffy comes back dark, dark because we find out that she was pulled out of heaven. But this season does have a upbeat moment because we get the Buffy, the musical, which is something I know we both love the songs from that. Another thing, this show could do a musical episode and still have it not really feel like it jumped the shark by any means. It felt natural as part of that series. There are some definite, like, there's the episode called Hush. Is that what it's called? Yeah, season four. Yep. In season four, where there's the the whole town goes uh, silent in the sense of nobody can speak, and there's these things called the gentlemen, which these are like these are like the tall man, right? The tall man. Yes, very thin. Not to be confused with Patricia Tallman, oh, but the tall yeah. man. Hi, Patricia. From our shout out. Yeah. But and they go around killing people, ripping their hearts out, and nobody could even scream. So that was a really cool episode. There's so much, honestly, right? There's so much because there's so many things. Like you find out that Giles in, in this in the season with Glory has a very sordid past too. He's not all you know tea and crumpets. He actually kills, ends up killing Glory, aka Ben. Yep, which was an innocent doctor who basically Glory took over, but. He knew that killing Ben would kill Glory inside of her body. And he says that, he says there's a moment where Buffy, you know, has taken on Glory. She's kind of, and and then she, Glory falls, right? She falls from the platform, yes. this large platform, and she's on the ground. And then Ben comes out and basically, well, not, in other words, Giles basically says that Buffy's not like us. This is he says, Ben. Right, Glory's, right. Ben. Ben, he tells Ben, Buffy is not like us. She wouldn't. She won't take a human life. But I know that once Glory comes back, she'll make Buffy pay. 
he writhes because he so knew he the character was He smothers yeah. Ben, with, covers his nose and holds his mouth because he's weak and he can't move and kills him. So you know that Giles also has a sordid past. What, what did they call him? Not the Ripper. Bah, Ripper, Ripper? Yeah. Okay. So you see that there's different sides of all these people, which is also interesting. You know, it's not just Buffy. Well, they're deep characters. It's not your typical teenage show, which is what I think people think when they hear Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So then I just want to say season seven is the final season. Honestly, the season I watched the least, and literally I've seen every other season probably four or five times, but season seven was the least. And I remember it being a lot like the characters weren't the characters from the beginning. I just always remember that by the end of the episodes, they're throwing Buffy out of her own house. It's not one of my favorite seasons. They added Andrew, another character, to the main cast. They kind of focused on Dawn a lot and her going to high school, Buffy working at the new Sunnydale High School, which in in theory is a nice book capped because she started off in high school when she's going back. But this season has them finding potential slayers. And then by the end, the last episode, Chosen, which which I actually think is a great finale. I think that's the best episode of the, that season, David. Besides the Uber Vamp things, which I did like, we do like those Uber Vamp, but the Shaka the Khans, the Shaka Khans, yeah, or whatever Terracons, she calls them. The hell, yeah. I think she doesn't. She say that she's like she calls them something else. Doesn't Unless she call them something? They were sh- or the Uber season. Uber Vamps? The Uber Vamps. Yeah. So this, the last season, you find out that because Willow was able to bring Buffy back by magical means, she also created ability for the like first evil to evil. also yeah. enter the world who is basically takes on the form of different people that have died it's able to like taunt people but it's not non-corporeal basically <laughs> yes yes which is that great scene we actually get to see which i thought was fantastic he turns into every big villain that she faced over the years it was all the actors coming back that was good he went from the master to glory to the mayor you know like that was really cool and you also see was it Caleb, that guy that was... That yeah, weird... you see, the, you, this is kind of where it... Nathan again, Fillion. May, maybe, maybe this is where it jumped the shark a little bit. Yeah, season 7, I do really do not like, honestly. It may be because there's, like, all of a sudden, like, some sort of pyramid, white, the white pyramid, not the black <laughs> pyramid, like Mumra's, a white pyramid that appears inside the cemetery that's never been there before. Oh, that's, that's right! Like, <laughs> that has, like, druid... A druid, like, high priestess that gives, talks to Buffy about a, a, a scythe, which actually yes. has infused with essence and powers that will help her defeat the first evil. And which the was cool, but... Uber too- vamps, which yeah. look like Nosferatu, basically. Maybe that's where it jumped the shirt, because the scythe looked, like, ridiculous. It looked like something that, like, a member of KISS would be playing with on stage. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a Power Ranger weapon. Well, Power Ranger weapon, too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it just didn't... And then you have the Return of Faith. Basically, there's these uber vamps that are basically coming to kill off all the potentials. You see that Caleb, this kind of demented preacher slash evildoer... Yeah. He's infused with the power of this first evil. Evil. He's going around killing all the potential slayers to wipe off, wipe out the chain, the chain of slayers to so evil can rule. So basically, we yes. talked about this earlier how when one dies, one activates. So this, he's here to try to destroy the, the line of power so there's no more slayers and evil can rule the world. So, and then you find out that they're trying to find potential slayers by use of magic, and Willow is afraid to use her magic because she went to a very dark place. Yes. Because. Previous to this, Tara was killed 
by the, there was this like nerdy the trio, trio. Yeah. the trio <laughs> the of trio. guys who decided to form this thing to get money and power they thought they were like kind of like a combination between a jedi wannabe and like james bond or something and they one of them who's a really nasty dude who ends up you find out he's killed women before because he's a woman hater which is a really important fact because Warren. women empowered in this show he ends up killing tara inadvertently by sh- trying to sh- who shoots buffy so that's yes. when tara that's so tara is killed which is she's such a sweet character and i loved her and josh is such an asshole that he put her in her final episode in the credits tara finally gets added to the credits the episode that she gets killed in and then she's taken out maybe because they don't want to pay her you have to have probably it's probably, probably true they probably don't want to pay her so willow becomes dark willow she ends up hunting down warren and skinning him alive magically Ooh, another one of those scenes that are, ooh. That's not your typical teen fair. By the end of season seven, they have a house full of potential teenagers. They're really probably 20 or 30 years old. There's things that are just, Angel comes back, David said Faith comes back, she's redeemed herself. The only cool thing was they added was, and David I know likes this, Nikki Woods, which was a 70s slayer that Spike killed in the 70s. Her son works as the new principal of Sunnydale. So that kind of was a cool aspect. But it really never went anywhere with these characters. He kind of has a thing with Faith. It was just like, I think, everything thrown out and it was too much. And then you you see, like, this is totally spikes beyond a doubt redemption story because he is pivotal in yes. in destroying the hellmouth opening with some sort of like amulet that he has to put on that basically fries him a lot you know a, a fry not alive he's dead already but fries him through with like sunlight and but you do see the fact that there are some good i mean there's some definitely good things you see that faith at some point does step down to Buffy and say, well, you're the head. After they throw her out of her own house. Yes, but you do see, but that wasn't always Faith. I think Faith struggled with that. Yeah, you, you you do see that she's changed. You do see that she acknowledges the fact that she did wrong, which is which yes. is something that's important. I do like the scene when you have a flashback to the is it the eighties when when Spike is fighting Nikki seven yeah the seventies seventies and you find out where he gets his famous leather jacket from. Yeah, and it totally was giving me coffee like. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Like, she's fighting him on a subway. It's like a gritty subway, and she's... Yeah, I think it's New York, a matter of fact. Well, of course it is. It's filthy. No. (laughs) It looks like Jason takes Manhattan, New York. And she's (laughs) taking him on, and you see that he has killed all these slayers because he studies them, too. He knows their fighting techniques. So, there's so much. I don't even know... Uh, to everyone listening, I have to be honest with you. This was very hard to condense all we wanted to say into one episode. I think we probably could do 10 episodes because there's so many things we want to say and add. And I feel like we're jumping around. Those who have watched the show will know exactly what we're talking yes, about. Yes. Even though it's out of sequence a little bit. But I really like that part because you show his his, his background. You see, you see where Principal Wood, Woods, right? Principal, Principal Woods, yeah. Principal Woods comes from. There's a scene where he traps Spike in a, in a garage that this crosses on every wall, every yes. place, all over, and he's going to kill him. And you see Robin that Buffy, Woods, I think his name, yeah, Robin Woods. And you see that Buffy rescues Spike and basically tells Robin she'll put him down because Spike is stronger than him and she needs him for the upcoming battle against all the, the, the uber vamps and everything that's going to come out of the Hellmouth. 
and she literally does because, like David said, he sacrifices himself. Thank God he comes back an angel in the next season. And that's that powerful moment of he's burning up and Buffy says, I love you to him. And he goes, no, you don't. Thank you for saying it. I love you. No, you don't. Because that was a thing of Spike's character towards the end of the series, too. So, wow. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to talk about the end, the end, the last episode. The last oh, yeah, episode chosen, of the, the Hellmouth is basically under the high school. So their fitting. plan is... Very fitting, very yeah, fitting. Yeah, which is also a metaphor for the hell of going to school and being treated like different and, and all the struggles that you go through when you're, you're, you're a young adult. They get this thing called the Scythe. Buffy comes up with an idea of using... Because Willow is one of the most powerful witches, basically, in, in the world even though she's afraid to use it because she's afraid to go bad she's she comes up with the idea of using this scythe which is infused with all this like druid magic or whatever to basically empower every single slayer in the world that has the potential to be a slayer giving them the power of buffy through the scythe so here's the part where you make a choice what if you could have that power now in every generation one slayer is born because a bunch of men who died thousands of years ago made up that rule they were powerful men this woman is more powerful than all of them combined so i say we change the rule i say my power should be our power Tomorrow, Willow will use the essence of this scythe to change our destiny. From now on, every girl in the world who might be a slayer will be a slayer. Every girl who could have the power will have the power. Can stand up, will stand up. Slayers, every one of us. Make your choice. Are you ready to be strong? Yes. So you have Willow's redemption because she did kill somebody, even though he was murder and horrible, disgusting human being. You see Willow's redemption and you see Willow's able to now go past the black darkness and she can go into an ethereal sort of a place and get her full potential. You see them talking She went about- the opposite way. She goes dark when she becomes evil, her eyes and her hair. And this is the opposite. We see her hair turns white. So, yeah, she she basically, they have a plan. They're going to open the Hellmouth. They're going to take the fight to the evil, as opposed to the evil breaking out of the Hellmouth. So they devise a plan. Buffy also includes Angel and tells him if they get out that he she, he needs to be the second, yes, like, point the second or, defense yeah. against these yes, things. which is smart. Yeah, so you see character development. You see the fact that there's a lot of things that happened in this last episode. Anya is killed. I'm killed. I'm killed. That move, it scarred me for life, too. She's split in half. Split in half. To all of our listeners, I'm doing this during a renovation. <laughs> Not the renaissance. A yeah. renovation. Of the so house. you see this last episode. There's actually a very tongue-in-cheek stuff. They're all, they all come together, congregate in the center of the school, talking about what they're going to do tomorrow. Call back, yeah. Call back to like the days of just worrying about getting, you know, going, getting his coffee or a smoothie at the bronze or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody kind of goes their ways to guard like any exit that these evil things could possibly get out of. You do see Buffy fighting with the potential girls, and she's throwing the the scythe, the scythe, the sl- scythe, scythe to the other potential girls. Very powerful moment. As a matter of fact, I do love that one moment when you see all the girls from all over the world getting their power and that one girl playing baseball. She hits a home run when she gets the confidence and the power. Really great ending, I have to say. To, to your point on that, there's also a girl that looks like she's being abused. Yes, yes. And she stands up for herself. Like, since like an adult is beating this girl, abusing her. I think it's and beautiful. She, and she's infused with the power of the Slayer. So, long story short, they open the hell mouth. They're going down. And Willow is trying to do her mojo. Her yeah. magic and she finally re- peaks and reaches that state where she infuses it into into all the potential slayers or and she says i can feel them all waking up all the potential slayers so she's linked to them too so they are they're passing around the side and there's a point where where buffy gets stabbed in the side and she throws it to she throws the side to faith and tells her to hold the line so basically it, yeah, faith got to have her moments she a is redemption, a slayer and too she, yeah. and, she, and they're fighting and they're going back and forth the hellmouth is caving in then you see that Sunnydale is imploding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they take a bus. <laughs> They're taking a bus, bus, taking all the potential slayers out, and then you see Buffy running across buildings, jumping over stuff, and she jumps on top of the bus, and they keep going, going, and basically Sunnydale implodes in, in itself. And then you see the, si- then you yeah. see the sign of Sunnydale fall o- like fall over, right? And then Dawn asks Buffy, "What are we going to do now, Buffy?" And then it zooms in on Buffy's face, and she's smiling. Yeah, Buffy. What are we going to do now? So it is a happy ending. And you see Faith, she goes, she's going out with Principal Woods now, apparently, or wants to be with him. So you kind of have the coupling up. I, I I will say the one thing I didn't like at the very end is when when Xander, who asked what happened to oh. Anya, Anya was supposed to be his wife. I know they had a, they didn't make it to the altar, but he he goes, she, she fought, what's his name? Who, Andrew? Andrew, yeah. Says she fought bravely and she saved me. He goes, that's my girl always doing the, the stupid, stupid thing or something like that. To me, that wasn't good enough to poor, for poor Anya. No, I was I was devastated. She took on she didn't have to no, to she, do that. Didn't she go back to her demon vent? Yeah, she tried she to become was... a vengeance demon again because of the wedding, you know, not going through. And yeah, she sacrificed herself as a good person, wanted to help. I didn't like the fact that it was like, I, I think I would have been more devastated, even though we went through this epic battle. And you also see the empowerment of all the characters because all of them fought. You know, Willow yes. did her part. Willow did her part. And Giles. I think Giles is fighting. Dawn, although, uh, uh. Donnie. I know, she, I know that I know that Michelle Trachtenberg was mean to you at a concert. So what do we have this? You have the original Buffy, and I have the sister. Just <laughs> rudeness all around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But where I is mean... she now? Where is she now? Mm, where is Christy? Mm, Dancing with the stars, didn't she do that? That was her big ticket. After what <laughs> she did to me and my No, I'm only kidding. After what she did to me. <laughs> karma no i'm just kidding that's so screwed oh my god before we wrap this up you guys wanted us to do more games so i thought quickly i would try to attempt this game with david to see if we could answer this this quiz together so this is not murder it's not murder kill marry no i should have did that 
What is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show based on? A nightmare? A novel? A movie? A graphic novel? A movie. Movie. That is correct. Oh, it does the sound. That is correct. The 1992 film. Why did Buffy Summers get kicked out of her previous school? She slept with the principal. She killed a teacher. She ditched school or she burnt down the gym. Burnt which is down the gym. Oh, I love this sound effect. Where is Sunnydale High School located? On a hellmouth, in another dimension, in Buffy's mind, in Ohio. <laughs> hellmouth in California, right? Yes, it is. And yes, it is. Who is the master? A vampire, a really strict teacher, a werewolf, the devil. <laughs> a vampire, we know a that. A vampire with Kool-Aid smile. That is correct. What is the nickname for Buffy and her vampire fighting friends? Scooby Gang. Scooby Gang. I don't even have to. Not the Sunnydale Strike Force is one of the answers. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. What other series was filmed at the high school location filming of the first three seasons of Buffy? Saved by the Bell. Grease. Beverly Hills 90210. That would have been great. Freaks and Geeks, Boy Meets World. I actually think it's Beverly Hills 90210. I think. Go for it. Yes, ooh, it was. Both filmed at Torrance High School in California. What animal spirit possesses Xander in the pack? This is either a wolf, a donkey, a hyena, or a vulture. A hyena. A hyena, yes. What was Spike as a human? A politician, a priest, a train robber, or a poet? Poet. They called him William the Bloody because he was bloody awful, right? Isn't that what they said? Yes, he was nicknamed William the Bloody due to his awful poetry. Why did the Slayer Kendra come to Sunnydale in season two? Because Buffy died to stop the Ascension, to kill werewolves, to battle the Master. Buffy, Buffy died. died. There's something very satisfying about that sound. That's correct. What did Kendra call her steak? Mr. Stick? Steak and Bake? Mr. Pointy? The Kiss of Death. <laughs> it's Mr. Pointy. I know that one. Okay, next question. How did Principal Snyder die? Oh. Angelus killed him, eaten by a demonic hyenas. Buffy staked him, eaten by a snake demon. Snake demon. The mayor. That is right. How did Angelus originally get his soul back? Buffy's love? He retired Gypsies. from Gypsy Curse. Gypsies. How does the initiative keep Spike from killing people? A chip in his head. Chip in his head. Which character is known as the Ripper? Giles. Giles. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even giving the answers. I mean, we're yeah. not even giving the other answers. But that's good. We don't even need to read these. How was David Boreanaz discovered for the part of Angel? I remember this. He was a masturbation scene of himself in a, in a, that was filmed and put on the internet. Oh no, that was later on. One of the things is ordering a hot dog. <laughs> I remember he was walking, but I don't know if he was walking. If this says walking his dog. I remember he was walking. So let's see if this was walking his dog. Okay, he was discovered walking his dog. Okay. Who is the substitute teacher, Miss French? Buffy's grandma, Darla's sire, a werewolf, an insect. She's, I remember insect. that she's a praying mantis. Yep. Insect. What happens when Cordelia wishes Buffy had never come to Sunnydale? Oh, this was a great episode. Cordelia is killed. Xander and Willow become vampires. The master rises. All of the above. I actually think it's all of the above. All, all the, because I know that they become vamp. Well, does, does Xander or just Willow or just Willow become? They both are. Yeah, they both are. Okay, so then, that, then it's got to be. And I think Cordelia is killed, too. Yeah, she's killed in that. That's right. What Buffy actors are married in real life? 
Seth Green and Emma Caulfield, Anthony Head and Kristen Sutherland, no. Nicholas Brendan and Charisma Carpenter, no. Allison, Allison Hannigan, Hannigan. And, Ale- and Alexis yeah. Denehoof, yep, who plays Wesley. Why is Drusilla insane? She had a lobotomy. She had syphilis. She ate her family or Angelus tortured her. Angelus tortured her. Yes. Okay. Approximately how many minutes of dialogue were in the episode of Hush? There is no dialogue. Five minutes of dialogue. 17 minutes or 11 minutes. Okay. There is talking in the beginning. There is right? there is talking when they look at the news. Yes. And it says that there's a some kind of an outbreak of laryngitis. That was the only time and then when Buffy screams, which screams I don't think that's considered talking. I don't so know. is it five minutes is the least? I would say five minutes. Five right? minutes then. <gasps> what was it? It says the answer again. Eleven? No, what is it then? I wrote seven, 17. There's only about 17 minutes of dialogue on the 44 minute. That's more than I thought. Okay, so our first wrong answer. Not bad. Out of this, 20 already. <laughs> what is the name this, of the musical episode? That's once more with feeling. feeling. Which actor turned down the role of Xander? Christian Bale. Jonathan Rice Myers. James McAvee. Ryan Reynolds. No idea. I, see, I feel like Ryan Reynolds or Jonathan Reese Myers for some reason. Okay, well, you go with whatever you want. Who do you think? Ryan Reynolds? He was at least two guys and a girl in a pizza place. Hmm, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's and see a partridge in a pear tree. Oh, it was Ryan Reynolds turned down the role of Xander. Oh. Wow. According to Reynolds, I loved the show and I loved Josh Whedon, but my biggest concern was that I didn't want to play a guy in high school. I had just come out of high school and it was effing awful. What was the name of the club that Buffy and her friends would hang out in? Rhythm Room? The Loft? <laughs> ball and Chain? The Bronze. The Bronze. <laughs> Com- that that was correct. competing with P3. <laughs> yes, it was. It got- they both had... They both had Michelle Branch. No, one, one's in San Francisco, though, and one's in... So, no. Which actor's real-life scar was worked into their character? David Boreanaz, Nathan Fillion, Emma Crawford, or James Marsters? I think it's Spike has a scar on his, his eyebrow, I believe. Okay, I'll go with that. It is correct! What made the adults act as teenagers? Band candy? A vengeful demon? Cursed Halloween costume, a witch's spell. I think it is banned candy, actually, the first one. And I think the episode is called Bad Candy. Yes, it is. How old was Charisma Carpenter when the show aired? 17, 27, 13, or 21? Mm, do you think she was 21, maybe? 21? It's either 17 or 21, right? She couldn't have been 27. <laughs> Although you could in, in some roles, you could be 27 playing high school. 21? 21. 21. <gasps> 17, you think? Eh. No, she is not 27. 27. What? Well, she looked damn good, girl. She played a 16-year-old Cordelia with 27 when Buffy first began. Holy crap. What accent did James Marsters use when he auditioned for Spike? Australian? Irish? Cockney? Or Texan? Maybe Cockney? I would say. Oh, wrong. This is the downswing, people. You think Australian, Irish, or Texas? Irish. English. German. Australian. Oh, my God. It was Texan. Okay. 
Texas Twang. Who would moon the cast to see if they would break character during filming? Seth Green, Nicholas Brendan, David Boreanaz, Emma Caulfield. I think I know. Is <laughs> it David, David Boreanaz? Because yeah, he likes I to think... show little Boreanaz. Did he show the other <laughs> side of Boreanaz? <laughs> this is definitely David Boreanaz. He would often pull down his pants while other cast members were filming to see if they would hold a straight face. Yeah, I bet. But did he, did he lift his cheeks apart? <laughs> <laughs> but did he spread his nuts on that? Oh my god, beep! Due to religious upbringing, what actor would not do nude scenes? What nude scenes were in Buffy? But okay, Eliza Dusku, Amber Benson, Allison Hannigan, or Nicholas Brendan? Eliza Dusku, maybe? I don't think they had Tara doing no. Tara actually was naked. Remember, she had like the things written on her back. Willow wrote like this on a spell or something, and like I saw the world enchanted, spirits and charms in the air. Let's go, Eliza. Eliza, yes. She refused to do nude scenes on the show because she grew up on Mormon. Who was nude? Okay. What does Willow do to Warren after he accidentally kills Tara? We know this. We mentioned this. Almost at the end, what nickname did Josh Whedon give Sarah Michelle? <laughs> I can only imagine because I just saw her. My cash cow. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Miss Impotent. Miss Independent. Miss <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Self Sufficient. <laughs> it wasn't Miss Keep Your Distance. Princess Whoa. or Slappy? I actually remember him calling her Jimmy Stewart, David. Okay. I would have said Slappy, maybe. Jimmy Stewart, because she, he was the greatest American actor in pain in the history of film. According to Angelus, we'd truly be dead without blank. Hope, pain, love, passion. I believe it's passion. I am going to say pain. Dun, so dun. you just choose what you want to do. I think it's passion. It was passion. Who is Adam? An experiment? The first vampire? Buffy's boyfriend? A dyslexic demon? A dyslexic demon! An experiment. Specific. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, who is that? An experiment, right? Correct. Okay, and what is the secret ingredient in the double meat medley? Human soiling, meat, Soil and green are people! Soil processed green. vegetables and were or werewolf meat. Did it turn people. out to be processed vegetables? I thought or it was Or was it human meat? I thought it was people, but then they said it wasn't people? It was just the demon eat? Let's go with human. Okay, so process, I think it's vegetables. Yes, after discovering a human finger in the meat grinder, Buffy thinks the secret ingredient is human meat. She later discovers that the body parts are showing up at the restaurant due to a demonic being feeding on the employees. The secret ingredient is just processed vegetables. Okay, and then how did most of the cast members find out the series was ending? A letter from the studio. The last Buffy script. A cast party. A magazine article. Magazine article. Because that's really cruel. Oh my god, it is! It says most of the cast didn't know series was ending until Sarah Michelle Gellar revealed in an Entertainment Weekly she was leaving the show. <laughs> How nice. Who winds up being the big bad at the end of season six? Adam, the first, the trio, Willow. It's Willow. It's Willow. Okay. Willow what irrational fear does Anya have? Bunnies must be bunnies. Or maybe midgets. That's right. What happens to Sunnydale at the end of the series? It becomes a crater. It becomes a ghost town. It burns to the ground. It is overrun by demons. Well, honestly, it probably does become a ghost town, but it becomes a crater. Crater. Okay. So I think we got two wrong out of all of that. 
And it was all 40. your fault. <laughs> it is, out of 40. So that was our Buffy the Vampire test. That was another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. We hope that we did Buffy justice. Like David said earlier, there's a lot to go through a series, but we wanted to really just mention the 25th anniversary of the show, the nostalgia it has. That's what we love to bring with people. You can reach David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word on the Instagrams. And then you can also reach the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, one word, also on Instagram. We're always updating there if you'd like to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting apparatus that would be wonderful we would read it on the show and share it and if you'd like to leave us a voicemail you could do that at anchor fm a matter of fact it's in the description below where you're listening to this if you have anything you want to say we would love to hear from you if you want us to recast brothers <laughs> oh <laughs> If you had enough of us, let us know. So thank you again, Radical Ones. We are getting closer to Halloween in just two weeks. Thank you again, David. Goodbye until we meet again. If the apocalypse comes, beep him. Don't invite strangers into your home because they may be vampires. Especially if they only appear at night. Bye. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beep me. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.